Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Today with me is Kay Kay. Kay is a certified herb practitioner and soul coach. This is a term that I personally have not heard, and I'm interested to hear what she has to say about that. As well, she has two degrees in science and engineering, which includes a master's from Berkeley. Kay has also worked as a geophysicist and ran her own business as a condominium developer and builder for 15 years. A very well-rounded individual. We're excited to have her with us today. Answering the call is the name of a book that is of 40 different authors who all turned their unfortunate life experiences into careers or into knowledge to help other people. And answering the call, believe it or not, this is incredible, reached number one on the Amazon bestseller list the day of its release. So it's got to be a book that each one of us is going to want to pick up. Now, one of the most exciting things as I was going over uh, Kay's um, bio is that she had declining health for four decades. And after a diagnosis of breast cancer, she was able to finally take control of her health and realize optimum health for the past eight years. She's going to share her amazing story and her life with us today. I am so excited to hear everything that she's going to uh, share with us. I've talked to her for a few minutes already, and she's an excitable, incredible lady. Please welcome Kay Kay. Hi, Carol. Thank Hi. you so much for that intro. Wow, I'm starting to believe in myself. <laughs> okay, we'll have to say it a few more times. Right? Yes, yes, please. <laughs> well, it, going over your bio, I have so many questions for you that I wasn't really sure where to start. So if you want to change my direction, you just feel free to do that because I kind of, you know, have a direction that I want to go. But but this is your story and your time and you know, we want to be able to uh, get everything in that you need to share with us. Um, over the course of the four decades when you were sick, and I like the word decades rather than 40 years. It just, I don't know, it doesn't sound as long, does it? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Why were you not able to get a handle on your health during that time? And what happened to change that after the cancer diagnosis? Well, you know, this is simply society I mean we who thinks of colds and flus as something that is abnormal it's so normal in our lives that we don't even blink an eye and we accept it as a an okay thing and that's why we get you know sick days 
from work and we right, <laughs> have right. doctors to go to and we have health care and, you know, whatnot. It's, it's just so normal. And I come from a family full of doctors and dentists and, and medical professionals. Really? Yes, <laughs> believe it or not. I'm the only one who jumped into uh, alternative kind of a health kind of thing um, without formal training. But I don't know whether it's my genes. I've always been interested in this whole body thing. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's because I've, you know, had issues myself. But but in any case, you know, it it I've had, for example, I've had constipation since I think I was born. I remember my mom, you know, and my grandmother kind of putting me on the table and then sticking this thing in my butt to, to induce. Yes, yes, exactly. And that they knew they had to. Yeah, exactly. So it was nothing. So for me to, you know, not poop correctly, I mean, pardon my language on radio, but it it was so normal that when a doctor friend actually just mentioned, so long as you poop every day, you're okay. And I was thinking to myself, I was probably all, uh, about 20 years old at that time, 19 maybe. And when he said that, I was thinking to myself, well, how do you do that? But I, it is not a conversation that, you know, I would go out of my way to ask my doctor or anybody because it, it just, I've had this all my life and, you know, I'm still alive, so it's got to be okay. Right? I mean, little did I know that another 20 years later, 30 years later, um, then I look back and say, whoa, those were the first signs. Yes, exactly. So it's, it's just lack of knowledge. And it's just, just simply knowledge that's, that's not passed around in society. You're absolutely right. I have always um, used the expression, and you probably have heard it as well, that life and death begins in the colon. And, you know, there's so much truth to that. And we don't realize the poisons that we carry in our bodies that we need to get rid of. And, I mean, that's a whole other subject, and we could talk about that for the next couple hours, I'm sure, no problem. But um, so what? So you said you always had a realization that, you know, you were more interested maybe or more in tune with your body than your medical um, family was aware of. So why did that change then when you did get the diagnosis of cancer? How did how did you uh, switch gears per se? Well, I rammed up my gears at that point was what I did. Um because I had a faith in the universe. And I'd already you know, kind of gone into really studying about or practicing spirituality, you know, kind of more the New Age version. Okay. Um, uh, and by the way, I grew up in a convent school. So, like... You know, all this whole Catholic right, right. thing is, is second nature to me. But I kind of went in that direction for nine years with all evidence that some unknown forces exist around me to help me. So when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it was like, okay, well, 
cool. Um, and I could die, which was cool because I had done most of what I wanted to do in my life anyway. Okay. So I was very relaxed about it. But then when this surgeon kind of poke at me to say, uh, you know that if you don't have surgery, you're going to die. I was like, what? And that was the point when I said, okay, well, you know what? I'm just going to show you <laughs> that I'm going to live. But one thing led to another that, you know, hey, there's <laughs> there are benefits to having surgery. <laughs> I won't mention on radio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I ended up doing that, um, getting surgery. But at the same time, the, the thing I feared the most was pain from chemotherapy. And let me tell you, my, my health was like literally going downhill. I, had, I was so weak. I was getting um, nightmares. I was getting like really, really like fear was just jumping out at me for no reason as soon as the sun set. It was weird. You know, my husband could be sitting there like I wasn't even alone and fear was all over me. Really? Yeah, it, it was the weirdest thing. So so I started, you know, going into what I knew from spirituality and I was doing all that. And I had faith in all that. So I was practicing all those things myself, which to me really speeded up my journey in breast cancer and I kind of knew that I could pull myself out even without surgery but I elected to do it for, <laughs> for good reasons hey I get breast okay. implants and <laughs> you know I feel better about myself <laughs> so I went that way but I did not want to have chemo I did not want to have radiation I did not want to have any chemicals inside of me because that would totally change my biochemistry Right. And I just had this knowing inside of me. So that's exactly the direction that I went. And I actually went to this place called San Aviv in in Mexico that their mission is to bring people back to their original health, not not just mitigate symptoms and, you know, this yes, and that. yes. And so I I started learning a few things from there. And one of the big things that I found out was eating correctly. I had no idea that the food that I was putting inside myself was kind of killing me slowly over the 47 years. Right. So that it was a very brief few days I was at San Aviv, but it was enough for me to start my journey. And then, you know, one thing led to another. I, I took tamoxifen and I just, I scared myself with, um, feeling pressure on my arm I thinking that it was lymphedema and that I had to rush to the hospital uh, with lymphedema a person has to go to the hospital and get treated within two hours or they could be dead and I was right up in the mountains in a ski hill it would take me two hours just to hit the highway and that was one hour away from the nearest hospital hmm. so I was basically dead if that, that was lymphedema up on the ski hill so uh, that kind of uh, so I, I at that point, I just said to myself, OK, well, you know, let, let's just hope 
this isn't lymphedema dema. and I was you know kind of speaking to you know my angels and whoever's out there and kind of getting the the reinstilling my confidence that this is okay mm-hmm. and at the end of the day by four o'clock I was in the car driving home with my husband and I was thinking to myself that you know this is it I'm not going to take tamoxifen anymore with all these side effects that I cannot control. I'm simply going to take charge of my own body. And that's when I really okay. jumped in. Okay. That's when I really jumped in to, you know, really take eating healthily and effectively as um, a way to live. And how exactly did you change your diet? Like, what do you do now that's second nature to you that never was before in your in your eating habits, in your diet? Well, first of all, I was, I, I found out from all the tests of San that I became allergic to a lot of foods. And, I mean, you know, as a health coach that you know, allergies kind of build up over the years and it's because of this, that, and the other. Um so that so I I played along with my body. It doesn't like these foods, so I'm not going to feed it these foods to begin with. Right. And okay. on top of that, there are certain things that our body just needs. And one of the the big things that I really pay attention to is um raw foods for the enzymes. I'm not a raw foodist, but I try to eat raw as much as I can. Yes. Um, that's that's one thing. So th- those are, yeah. What can I say? I mean, you know, just just listening to my body and eating what my body exactly needs. You know, like you said, the the colon. So make sure enough probiotics and this and that. Right, right. Interesting what you said about raw food. I do have a friend who actually had a raw food restaurant, and so I am familiar with with that. Also, um, about 10 years ago, we switched our dogs from um, dirty, rotten, chemical-induced kibble to strictly raw food, and literally within two weeks, we saw their health completely restored, and we just lost them this year. One was 15 and one was 18, and they died healthy. Like, they didn't die with cancer and sickness, and they died healthy. They basically, because they were old, you know. Right, right, right. Isn't and, that interesting? And I apply- saw post. And it applies to, like I said, it, you know, when you said that about humans, but it also it applies to our pets too. And very often, I, you know, this is a whole other subject again, but we need to look at the whole picture. You know, what are we yes. putting into our bodies or our children's or yes. our pets? So you are, you know, you're onto something. You're onto something huge. And I know that you're going to share um, that with our audience as well. We'll get into that in in a little bit. Um, now well, that's you, really interesting. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, we all need to know that even our dogs oh, uh, been, show it, us. Yes, it's right. Show, it's yeah. been phenomenal. We inherited a little dog um, when he was nine. He's the one that just died at 18. And when we got him, he couldn't even walk. Wow. We, we rescued dogs, and so that's how we inherited him. And 
he, um, like I said, this is a side subject, but you brought up something that I'm sure the listeners would be interested in as well. He he couldn't walk because he was full of tumors and both externally and internally arthritis and basically the people threw him away. And when we got him and switched his diet, like I said, within two weeks, he was running. Wow. You know, and the tumors disappeared. They just like where one day we looked at him like, where did they go? And all his allergies disappeared. And I'm just thinking maybe we should do a broadcast someday on on raw food for dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is something that's near and dear to my heart because I have seen so many of our precious, precious animals suffer immeasurably because of the crap that people are feeding them. So uh, anyway, <laughs> I did not intend to get onto that, but, but uh, maybe we'll get lots of questions about that. <laughs> yes. And raw foods. <laughs> Well, the human body reacts the same. We yes, are a yes. just bigger version. Yes, that's identical. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What did I have next? We got kind of off the subject there. One of the <laughs> one of the things that you talk about in answering the call. Now, that's an interesting book, and and share a little bit about that and your part in that, and also um, that. You share your struggles in the corporate world, in the business, in the business realm in that book. So talk to to us about that a little bit. Sure. Um, In the book, my chapter is called Acceptance of Life as an Inner Game. And that is what I'm most interested in is how, how to live life in such a way that we flow with it. Health is one of those aspects of life. Ill health disease is literally that. We're not flowing. Our, our, our cells are not flowing. And, and let, if, I, if I may just jump into this little aspect here. Absolutely. Um, This is from quantum physics. Okay, I'm not going to go deep, but basically quantum physics says everything is energy. And we've all heard this, everything is energy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But quantum physics actually shows that even, you know, our computer, you know, the plastic, there's an energy. If you go all the way down to the electron level, you can see it as, as just pulsating energy. And therefore, our life around us, each of us, is on the outside of whatever happens that we can see is a reflection of how well the energy flows inside of us. If one, if half our cells are, are, are rotating to the right and half our cells are rotating to the left, well, guess what? After a while, Things are going to go sideways. That's just the way it goes. It's logical. And so the key to bringing everything, life back to ease, is to bring those those ones that are rotating to the left back to the one to or whichever ones back together. So everything is rotating in the same direction. Every energy is flowing in the same direction as our desires. Okay. And that's it. 
that that's it that's that's what quantum physics says so acceptance of life as an inner game is is pretty much like that i, I mean i didn't talk about quantum physics in the chapter but but it is that my life when you know kind of kooky with my uh, construction business i was stressed to the hilt I mean, it wasn't even funny, and I didn't know how to do public relations. I didn't know nothing back then. I didn't. I didn't even know how to, you know, really do electrical. Okay. <laughs>、right? or, or, so how did you get in the business? <laughs> it, that's a long story from my family and from this and that. That okay. So, but I did. To kind of rescue a situation, and even that, you know, that that's for my family. I'm resc. I rescued a family situation there, and then I put myself into the position where I had to rescue myself <laughs> because、okay. I became too stressed out. I don't know what to do. So it that was that was a little bit about the book and. And then right toward the end, you know, I had breast cancer and 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 then I got sued and、oh, all that sort of stuff for no reason. And so the stress level just was climbing. Yeah, it was it was total crazy. So in looking back at it, it was exactly because all my my energy was not flowing in the same direction. Now. This is where I love to the, help people with today, and I help myself when I was having cancer through this.、Um, and what it really is is that everything we do and we say and we think, the way we think and all that sort of stuff, ninety-five percent of it we have no clue why. Why we think the way we do and all that because it comes from our subconscious. Only five percent of it actually comes from our conscious mind. Really? Hmm. And this is from psychologists. So, yes, well-known fact. So, we think that we can control our life. Well, yeah, right. Give me a break. We only know five percent of. What's going on? Only five percent we can control, including our own body. Only five percent of what we eat, we understand why.、Hmm. So this is why I teach about eating, even which is you know a small part of life. Yes. Right. But but guess what? It is such a show of what we don't know that 95% that is controlling why we eat the way we do, and so if we want to keep our life flowing in the ease direction, we've got to start reprogramming some of the subconscious things that are not helping us. Hmm. And how do you go about doing that? There are many ways. That is that is the deep subject, and that's why I love to help people with this. There are there are many ways, but basically, it, it I can talk about that for two weeks. But、um, basically, 
the one thing to know is that the conscious mind and the subconscious mind learn differently. So we only have our conscious mind. So a lot of us think that, okay, now that I've, I know that I have this problem, I'm just not going to go there. Yeah, right. Unfortunately, that is the 5%. Having that problem, where did it come from? That's the 95%. So if we don't do something to reprogram our subconscious and release that whatever that negative belief is, then it's going to replay itself again without us knowing. Catch us by surprise. Absolutely. This is why, like as an example, some people divorce and then they remarry and then then they divorce again and then they remarry and they divorce again. <laughs> and from outsiders, outside friends would say, look, don't you even see that, you know, your second wife is just like your first wife, your third wife is just like your second and your first? <laughs> no, they don't. It is not their fault. It is not our fault. In other words, this is the thing. It is not our fault that we don't know what it, that 95% is because it is subconscious by definition subconscious means it's below our conscious awareness right we simply don't know it comes from uh, our family how you know even how, how we learned as a child even what we heard in the womb of our mother when we're still in there um, whatever our mother was doing when carrying us goes in us that's right so we have no clue where these 95 percent came in from and thankfully some of the 95 percent is really good <laughs> that's very good point <laughs> yeah that's why we can survive that's, right. that's why you know we can breathe without having needing our brain to tell exactly our nose to you know do something right. our lungs right so our self-defense mechanisms too right yes absolutely self-defense mechanisms so long as the self-defense mechanism isn't in such a way that it holds us in fear and we cannot break free from from that position because because look there are no tigers chasing us anymore but our subconscious still has that ancient belief system prime primal belief system from when we were stone age cavemen we're still carrying that so every time we turn on the tv and you know something happens on the news and not even that like murder mysteries when we're watching a good movie and you know they're they're villains and they're heroes and all this sort of stuff you know guess what those are all replaying in us we absorb stories from tv like they are our own our subconscious has no clue whether that is actually happening in our lives or whether that's a story from somebody else and the the more the more real the story feels the more we absorb it so going into a movie theater we absorb those stories in the movie theater a lot more than if we're sitting in a bright room watching tv is that why 
many of us are uh, our dreams are affected by that because of what we have taken in that day. Totally. Totally. And that's why dreaming is really important. Most dreams are released dreams. That's why I don't like to to go into dream interpretation and all that sort of stuff, because most of them are crap. I agree. <laughs> you don't want to remember them. <laughs> that's right. We don't want to remember them. If we are meant to remember them, we will. Those are the ones that stick in us. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Yeah. But th- most of them, you know what? Forget it. Do not remember them because it, Thankfully, that's the God-given mechanism in us that we dream every night. Something that you said, you know, you were along this line about uh, the subconscious and et cetera, that I was thinking as you were talking is that our, the negative things that happen in our lives that we store in our subconscious really condition us in how we respond to other things, correct? Totally. And there's there's a saying that I use a lot when I talk to people and I'll share it with you and I've shared it with my audience in the past a couple times already and that is when you buy the thought you buy the lie so in other words when the thought comes you know from our subconscious to our conscious thinking and we know it's not true but it tells us you know whatever whether we're you know no good or you know and just uh, useless or whatever whatever negative thought that comes in, if we buy that thought, we've bought the lie and hook, line, and sinker. And we either feed that or we get rid of it. That's right. And that's, I think, essentially what you're saying because there is that c- control that we can get over the subconscious by when those thoughts come to not allow them to take over our 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 conscious mind. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Um, And I would take it further. Okay. That whatever lie that comes in, thought that comes in. So let's say, let's say we read a book and we really get into the, the villain, you know, side with the victim. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and we really, really feel for the victim. I can 100% guarantee you that inside of you, in your subconscious, there is there are many stories from when we were victims. And whether you believe in past lives or not, it does almost doesn't matter. It could come from our ancestors. Um, and our culture and and all that talking about how you know they had to kind of run from place to place during World War II, for example. I mean, it's real life. Like yes, this is real. Yes, it's it's yes. not a lie. It's not a story. It's not a thought, right? Like to to deny that they actually went through, you know, the Holocaust. Let's say it, it, that's no good. Right. It, it did happen. I mean, it would be dumb for a person to deny right, that. Right. But on the other hand, it is what triggers you is the things that are inside of you. So, OK, it's a fact. But if we really feel for the victim, then that hold, that that grip on us, that ooh, in the heart, the contraction in the heart 
is showing us that there is a strong subconscious program inside of us that is still hurting. And that's what I like to reprogram in people. Okay. And so once that happens, the result is that you can then listen to exactly the same story with no grip. You still identify and, you know, you, you still are compassionate with the person, but you're not sympathizing with the person. Okay, okay. Yeah. I understand, yes. Yes. Oh, are, um, was there something else that you wanted to say about that? I'm not, not sympathizing going with to. the person. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, you also, I think this is a different subject, um, but you also offer a 45-minute health assessment. Is that correct? A free health assessment over the telephone? Wanted, can you share with us about that, please? Sure, sure. Yes. Um, so the health assessment, the switch on health assessment, I like to help people to switch on their health. Oh, excellent. Good <laughs> yes. term. Mm -hmm. and where I will pinpoint for them their number one health block in their eating. And chances are, like, um, I was told how healthy I was eating because, you know, I'm Chinese by background and, you know, I've always done the stir fry thing and, you know, we always eat vegetables right, and, right. you know, all that sort of stuff. But guess what? I ended up with breast cancer. Right? So there are always things that are not not the best for us. Um, you as a health coach, I'm sure, would identify with that. So I would help a person to just identify the first thing that they can change right there in Good the 45 point. minutes. Yes, that's excellent. <laughs> yes. And the reason why I go into that now, I'm totally into this whole, whole health is um, in order to get absolute best health forever, the subconscious also has to change with it, has to be reprogrammed in the health direction. That is just part of life. Remember, 95% of why we eat something we don't know. So we got to reprogram that before we keep move, keep going. So, but, but on the other hand, I have worked with enough people to try to help them only with their subconscious, with their life issues, and it has not worked. And I, um, I, I to me, it is simply that their subconscious is just not ready to jump into the big traumas in life. Mm. So health is a great little step in that direction. And health, as you well know, the reason why health is one of the factors that help that, that speed up a person from recovering from trauma. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm sure you, you can talk about that for two weeks too. It is because the chemical balance has to be there in our brain. When we get into depression, um, crazy things happen in our brain. Our adrenal, if our adrenal glands are not healthy, 
we get into this whole fight or flight thing and the and the immune system then starts going down and our, yes, yes. our brain starts to yeah so like basically our our body can only cope with so much yes that's so, absolutely right so if if our the health of our body is not there before we suddenly go into a trauma and by the way we never know when the trauma is going to hit right <laughs> good so, point <laughs> this is one of the reason why eating healthy is like an ongoing thing start now today because you don't know when it you know trauma and you know touch wood is not going to happen but guess what trauma is every day watching news a bad news is trauma it's all relative to the person that's right so to have the body in the absolute optimum health and to know exactly what the body needs, the, the, the little few items. And that's what I love to teach people is, is the few essential items. Let's not get it too complicated. Just, just go with the, the absolute essence that the body needs to keep minimum health. Let's, let's put it this way. Um, on top of that is gravy. Um, but when we suddenly get dropped in to an emotional trauma, we lose appetite. It's too late then to start learning what the body needs to keep right. healthy. You want that's building your immunity and it's immunity not just against disease, but immunity against, you know, the stress. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I love to help people there first to make sure that they can cope with that and then go into the subconscious part of them. Well, well, Kay, you have definitely challenged us today in many areas. And I enjoyed listening to your, you know, the, the little pieces of your story. And I, I, like you said, I'm sure you could talk two weeks on many of these different subjects. But you were able to motivate us, I think, and challenge us to look at our health, to uh, look at our attitude, and to make some changes. And I think it's wonderful that you do offer this service, and I definitely will be promoting this when I, I promote your uh, program today. And hopefully, we'll be able to help a lot of people as a result. Well, thank you. And that would be wonderful. So thank you, Kay. I appreciate every, all the input. I appreciate the laughs. And <laughs> I'm sure that we will speak again and we'll have to think about something that we can talk about. Maybe we'll talk about raw food for dogs. How does that sound? Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. I don't have dogs. I have stuffed animals, but it's the same. There you go. <laughs> all right. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure. And thank you, Carol, very much for bye -bye. everything that you do. You yes. Thank you bye -bye. so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.